This is the Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from Queens College in the City University of New York. For more, visit theannexpodcast.com. I wanted to talk a little bit about the latest volume of of National Geographic, which they're calling the race issue. You know, it's a play on the word issue. Get it? Um, and the cover, these two, these two girls, um, and they're fraternal twins. And one is fairer than the other. Um, one has light eyes, one has dark hair. And it's really the words underneath it. It goes, these twins, one black and one white, will make you rethink race, right? And it's so funny because in telling us that they're going to, that they're going to help us to rethink race. These very words and the labels that they're putting on these young girls like, are actually like, no, we're not going to rethink race. We're actually going to help to cement race as we know it. And hold on a second. There's a child knocking on my door. Hold on one, one <laughs> second. Okay, done. All right. So, did you finish your thought, Leslie? Well, so I mean, so this is just the cover, right? So these twins, one black and one white. So first, what you do, like these are twins, right? They came from the same parents, right? They have their fraternal twins. They share so much of the same uh, genetic material, and yet what the magazine is saying on the cover is one is white and one is black, mm. right? And so, so number one, that that's problematic. Maybe it's just this this totally inartful way in in which they actually present the material. Mm-hmm. Part of me feels like I don't know. It's like, is it too little, too late? I mean, I I just I don't know. I very often find these issues to be a little bit tone deaf when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they do say here in their sort of mea culpa is they're like, you know what? Till like the 1970s, like we basically paid all of this attention to non-white peoples, right? Outside of the United States and basically like almost as though we ourselves, there were not these other raced people in our midst. And, you know, and we acted as though they didn't exist at all. And it's so funny because it also kind of reminded me of anthropology. Part of me wonders like how much you know the things that that um, National Geographic is is apologizing for is like basically caught up with many of the things that anthropology as a discipline apologized for, but decades ago. Since there's no scientific basis for race, it's a made up label. I, I think that that just it, in some ways makes like the whole issue it it trivializes it a little bit too much did you guys see victor ray's uh tweets and then he got picked up in the washington post on this one did you guys see this one no so he, it, basically he has a picture of him and his brother he's uh, i guess he's uh in a you know as a twin that are very much like the uh the twins on the nat geo cover like he looks white and i guess he has a sibling who's darker and what i understood to be his argument was that they made the uh the girls objects rather than subjects right almost like a spectacle they were they're very tone deaf on the issue of race in general i happen to be reading this book nonfiction but not sociology this book by kevin young he's like heads the schoenberg center in new york and it's called 
Bunk, and it's basically about like sort of the history of hoaxes in the U.S. You know, he focuses a lot on P.T. Burnham, etc. Part of his thesis is that more often than not, race was intimately tied to the hoax in the United States. And so much of what he talks about in terms of people like Barnum or World Fairs is how these like racialized others were put on display and made these objects, right? Um, in ways that had absolutely nothing to do with who these people actually were or their culture. They were just sort of sussed up in order to, to be curiosities. And that's kind of, I sort of get that same feel a little bit from from the cover of this magazine, even though I'm sure that that's not what they meant to do. And, you know, and also this chapter, this chapter where he talks about these pictures of this, I think he was an anthropologist who'd gone out, you know, and found this lost tribe somewhere. And he would go and he would take photos and he would demand, you know, he would only take pictures of these people if they were not clothed. And that creates for us this image of what the quote unquote native looks like that is fabricated, but then becomes real to those of us who can't travel to these far flung places. Uh, you know, and many of these, many of these photographs are lost and have been moldering in the basements uh, of the Smithsonian, because these are now photographs that they I guess, are not really that mm. proud of, but it's a huge part of the past. I think it's the same with National Geographic, except at least they're not just hiding those photos in the basement. At least, you know, there is some kind of a reckoning going on. There's there's actually a couple of really good books that kind of get into some of the topics that you were talking about, Leslie. There's one called All the World's Affair by Robert Rydell, where he gets into the world's fairs and how they kind of produced these kind of exotic racial others. And some of the ways in which it was done in these pavilions were just absolutely staggering. I mean, when you read them, it's and they're kind of couched within this language at the time of of anthropology and learning and things like that. And these are just essentially, as you said, like presented as being these freak shows where there's these wars and things and mock battles and things like that. And there's another book called uh, by uh, Sean Michelle Smith called Photography on the Color Line mm -hmm. that talks about like the presentation of exotic others and contrasting it with W.B. Du Bois's photographs that he took to the, I believe, the Paris World Fair of um, middle-class uh, African-Americans in, I believe, Atlanta. And yeah, it gets into these sort of presentations of, you know, making the racialized object in the, in the way that they do with, you know, kind of the lack of clothing or the way in which they're positioned or the, what they're wearing. And I mean, these are, yeah, this is a longstanding sort of uh, tradition that a lot of scholars have some really great work on. You know, a little bit ago, Leslie was saying like, oh, I'm sure not this, this is not what they're doing. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm very cynical about this sort of thing. And I, I basically see this sort of thing. And I just imagine like special apology issue, collector's <laughs> edition. Well, now racism is done. Yeah. Do you guys remember years back when like Vogue had, was it Vogue? Vogue had, had their black issue. And it basically did become a collector's issue because they're like, this is the last time we're going to be seeing this in Vogue. So. <laughs> or for that matter, comic books where it's like, you know, they, they relaunch the series every year so yeah. that there's a new number one. And then they always have some uh, type of stunt with like, now yeah. Spider-Man's in a wheelchair. You've been listening to the Annex, a sociology podcast. For more information, visit theannexpodcast.com. Music is by Lena Orsa. Our production team included Anika Chowdhury and Lisette Moreno. 
on behalf of the Annex team, I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening.